G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We are looking at the topic of John the Baptist, or the lesson is entitled, From John to Jesus. It is almost like the passing on of the baton, and we will experience, well, some very interesting things as we continue to explore God's Word. We have a high view of Scripture. We not only believe it comes from God and is the very words of God, but we believe that it is truthful, that it will lead you on the right path, that it will be grafted into your heart, bringing salvation, that is sincere milk to the babe and strong meat to the mature, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is the word of God. It is the passion of this ministry, Teach All Nations, and indeed of other like-minded ministries. We believe that when you have God's word in your life and you put it into practice, you're building your life on a rock, you are walking in truth, you are walking in the light, and that you are going to stay in the straight and narrow. You will not go into error or heresy or some other horrible thing that happens to many who either do not know or do not practice what God has said. So we're focusing again on the topic from John to Jesus, based on John chapter 1, verses 29 to 30. And I just want to read a couple of verses here to get us how should we say, acquainted with this passage, and we'll give fuller coverage just down the track. Here we go. Verse 31 of John 1 and onward. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. So what do we have here? We have John the Baptist making an interesting confession. First of all, he says, I knew him not. And he's referring to Jesus. Very interesting considering that John and Jesus were relatives. They were cousins. I don't know which kind of cousin, third, fourth, second, but they were related. However, John was from the hill country of Judea. Jesus, on the other hand, came from the north and spent his early life, in fact, his first 30 years, in the Galilean city of Nazareth. So it is possible that they may have known of each other Perhaps they may have met during one of the pilgrimage feasts in Jerusalem. Maybe not. But it's interesting that John would talk of his own relative and say, I knew him not. Except for this fact, John may have known about the existence of Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph, son of Mary. Mary was a cousin of Elizabeth, John's mother. However, for sure, 
John did not know the true identity of Jesus. He's not just the son of Joseph and Mary. He's also the son of David. He's also the son of God. By being son of David and son of God, that means he is the Messiah. And yet, what John will recognize is that he saw the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove coming out of heaven and landing and abiding on Jesus. We're going to learn more about the significance of this event in a moment. But what John says, this is the man that's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. John baptizes with water. The Messiah is going to immerse his followers in the Spirit and in power and in fire. John is a credible witness, an honored witness, and we can take heart that what he says about Jesus is true, just as everything else we're going to read in John's Gospel. I'd like to read to you the entire portion now of John chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. Our lesson is called, From John to Jesus, and the portion again is John chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. Let's listen to the word of God. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. And the next day, after John stood, and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and saw them following, and saith unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. A reading is from John chapter 1, verses 29 to 39, and our lesson is called, From John to Jesus. Well, first of all, there's a quick fulfillment in John chapter 1, verse 29. John the Baptist was answering the questions of the Pharisees, saying he's not the Messiah, he's not Elijah, he's not the Deuteronomy 18 prophet, he's basically the forerunner of him who is to come. The very next day, after speaking to the Pharisees, John saw Jesus coming to him. Immediately, he made an astounding declaration. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There are several powerful metaphors about Jesus, including Lamb of God, which is in the Gospel of John, and the Lion of the tribe of Judah, which is in the book of Revelation, which John also wrote. But remember that he's not just the Lamb of God, talking about his innocent, pure, and vulnerable nature. He takes away the sin of the world. He is the ultimate sacrifice for sin. Just as the lambs that were taken to the temple were offered as a sacrifice 
their blood shed for the atonement of the people. This is what happened to Jesus. He was ordained a lamb to be slain from before the foundation of the world. We learn in verse 30, John makes a further, as it were, declaration. It says, this is he. And who is he? The coming Messiah. And that this coming Messiah, this man who was baptized and whom the Holy Spirit came upon, he was, as it were, favored over me because he was before me. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. All these phrases describe divinity, but it also describes the Messiahship of Jesus. Now, it's interesting, John says that Jesus was before him, even though we know that Jesus, earthly speaking, was born after John. But never mind, the fact is, what John is actually alluding to is that Jesus had a pre-existence. He that comes after me is before me. He is before me because before I ever existed, he already was around. John chapter 1, verse 31, the reason for John the Baptist's mission. It appears that John's higher role in being the baptizer was more than merely providing a practical symbol of repentance from sin for those who came to the Jordan and were baptized by him. His ultimate purpose was to be the forerunner of Messiah and to reveal him to Israel and the world via water baptism. His comments that he knew him not is possible, as I said earlier, that John may have known of him, John may have known him a little bit, certainly not well, because they lived far from each other, one in Judea, the other in Galilee. But most importantly is that John did not understand as of yet Jesus' true identity or true mission until, of course, the Holy Spirit came down and opened John's eyes. Holy Spirit coming like a dove out of heaven, that is. So, he also understood who Jesus was by doing the water baptism. And John gives witness to Jesus' identity, which is probably the crowning achievement of his entire ministry. Jesus, by coming to the Jordan River and being baptized by John, was making his public debut ministerially and in mission to Israel and the world. Then we come to a very important part. It's the sign of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 1, verse 32. Now John begins to bear credible witness. He says in this verse, I saw the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descending from heaven. He landed on this man, this Jesus. This is the sign of Messiah, the anointed one. Because Jesus was the first man to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And as it says in John 3 and verse 34, Jesus is the first person to receive the Spirit without measure. Now, what does that mean? Well, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was given out. But first of all, he's only given out to a chosen few people, like Moses, like Samuel, like David. The Holy Spirit was given to a chosen few. Most of the time, they were prophets, or they could be priests, or they could be kings. 
Not only was the Holy Spirit limited to a chosen few, but even the chosen few had a limitation of the Spirit. Now, that might seem hard to imagine when you consider the supernatural aspects of Moses' ministry, Elijah's ministry, Elisha's ministry. They would have seemed to have the Spirit in an unlimited capacity, but apparently not. They had the Spirit all right. And the Spirit moved powerfully on their lives. I mean, let's face it, the Spirit moved powerfully in the life of Samson, flawed as he was. But even there, it wasn't an unlimited amount of the Spirit. It was a measured amount. Maybe it was a big measure, but it's still a measure. With the coming of Jesus and the new covenant, there's a whole new realm. He is the first human being, having a pre-existence, being the Son of God, but he's the first human being to be baptized in the Spirit, or, in other words, to receive the Spirit without measure, or to receive the Spirit without any limitations. What is wonderful is that Jesus is going to bestow that overflow of the Spirit to all who follow him. He is the baptizer in the Spirit. John 1, 33. John the Baptist reiterates that he knew Jesus not, and others he didn't know him well, he didn't really know him at all, which at a minimum means John did not know Jesus for who he really was, son of David, son of God, Messiah. Yet the one who sent John to baptize, presumably Almighty God himself, informed John that the one whom the Spirit descends and abides is the one who will baptize others in the Holy Spirit. This means that the anointed one, which is the meaning of Messiah, pours out of his anointing upon his followers. This means Messiah's followers become anointed too. If Messiah had only a limited portion of the Spirit, it might only have been for him and nobody else. But he received the Spirit without measure, which means out of the overflow, he can baptize others in the Holy Spirit, just as John could baptize people with water. So the Messiah's followers are anointed. And this is the most wonderful reason we are called Christians, which in the Greek is Christianos, meaning little anointed ones. It's because Jesus was anointed and he passes that on to all of us. Then in verse 34 of John 1, John makes a confession. This is the seal of John's testimony. I saw and bear record that this is the Son of of God. Does John have credibility? Yes. Is John telling the truth? Yes. Will John's witness stand the test of time? It already has, and it will continue to do so. This is one of the five witnesses of John chapter 5, John the Baptist. He will start to fade out, and Jesus will start to zoom in. Verses 35 and 36, John the Baptist along with two of his disciples, stood and watched. And as Jesus walked by, John proclaimed, Behold the Lamb of God. Well, that was a true confession, but it would cost John. Because, as we're going to discover in verse 37, once the two disciples heard this statement, they left following John and began to follow Jesus. They came to Jesus because of the witness of John. And then, verse 38, there comes a question from Jesus himself to these two former disciples of John the Baptist. Jesus asked them, what are you looking for? They answer and call him rabbi, 
meaning master. And they wanted to know, Rabbi, where do you dwell? Now, he could have told them to get lost, none of their business. Who are they? Why are you following me? But Jesus doesn't do it like that. What we learned is when you come closer to Jesus, he will come closer to you. Or as James 4 verse 8 says, when you draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto you. So when they asked him, Lord or Rabbi, where do you dwell? Jesus' response in John 1.39 is, come and see. This is an invitation from the master himself. So come and see where I dwell. It was around 4 p.m. So because it was 4 p.m., sometimes in the Holy Land, during the winter, the sun sets at 5 o'clock sharp. I mean, it's, you know, 4, 4.55 and there's still light. And then by 10 minutes past 5, it's dark. So because it was 4 p.m., the 10th hour, they stayed with Jesus for the rest of the day. Now, our lesson is called From Jesus, or From John to Jesus, I should say. And our lesson for life is this. John's greatest purpose was to baptize Jesus in water. Jesus' greatest purpose was to atone for our sins and baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.